They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is a Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. And we are recording this just as the Women's 100 has kicked off. So, how are we all enjoying the 100, guys? Or maybe we should talk about two fantastic T20 victories to see us through to a home quarterfinal and the return to form of a certain young Thomas Lamanby. Uh, Anthony, you were there at uh, Cardiff where it all started last week and then continued on on Sunday against the Gloucesters with that incredible 90 off 36 balls. What did you make of that? Well, he batted really well against Glamorgan um, because um, Devon Conway was was steering the innings, but it needed an injection of pace. And that's exactly what Lamanby provided without taking undue risks. Uh, and he struck the ball really well. He timed it well. He's he's got a great range of shots. He, you know, he can he can a bit like Tom Banton. He can hit it anywhere. Um, and that seemed to me to be a pretty good indication. And he batted very well in the first innings against Surrey as well, up up at the Oval. He was a bit manic in the second. We'll forgive him that. But he batted nicely in the first innings. And I I thought then he's coming into form. And at about when he got I think he got about thirteen or fourteen. I said on commentary. Tom Lamanby is back, and I really believe that because he was timing the ball so well, he was pacing his innings well. You know, it, it was like a crescendo. It's it started quietly and just got noisier and noisier and grander and grander and more and more magnificent as it as it went on, and it was just wonderful to see a very very talented young cricketer who's had a tremendous struggle this season. To see him back really making a match-winning contribution as it turned out to be mm-hmm. yeah pretty much two match-winning contributions because that little impetus at the end of the uh the innings against glamorgan was uh certainly what carried us up to a uh, more than a defendable toll it was nice to see the opposition uh collapse at uh at the hands of somerset rather than the other way around this season steve tom lamanby is he back to his best he's only 21 so we're not quite sure what his best is Oh, mm-hmm. we. Um, what I mean. I, what I liked most was he. He clearly in those those very short overs at the end of the innings on Sunday was really enjoying himself again. And I think, I think he's somebody who needs to be relaxed and enjoying himself. You know, you get the sense with the likes of Devon Conway, Steve Davis that they can grit it out a bit more. But I thought, I thought he flowed really well. Um, it reminded me a bit of the Banton innings that he played in front of the Sky Cameras at Taunton that sort of announced him a couple of years ago and made him a big star. You nailed it, though, with one of your tweets, though, which the shame is he's now going to go and get splinters in his derriere for the next three weeks, probably. Um, and, and that, I'm going off tangent slightly, but that the way Banton's been treated yet again by England... That's just going to get replicated, I think, across this this new competition. But yeah, I I also think that Van der Mer gets great credit because that's probably the best five <laughs> of five balls that anybody has ever made. You know, it's just and he ran himself out utterly selflessly just to get 
Lamman be back on strike, didn't he? So it was it was great to see, and it was perfect, wasn't it? It was that it was an evening where my heart bled not to be there because the sun was out, the ground looked gorgeous. No, it wasn't full, but it looked gorgeous, and we beat the Gloucesters. You know what more could you want on a Sunday in the middle of summer? Yeah, very strange, for, especially seeing as as Roloff's not exactly a Billy Blocker. He can play all the shots plus a few that haven't probably been invented yet. So for him to just knock that single at the f- the first ball of the over to give Lammers a strike kind of gives you an indication of how well Lammers was batting and Rodolf thinking, oh, blimey, this, the kid's on one tonight. I better give him the strike and just enjoy mm. it from the best seat in the house. You probably didn't have the exact best seat in the house now, but you you have been there for all the... the uh, well, you're certainly there for the Gloucester game and the Cornwall friendly, which we'll discuss in a in a moment or so, but that must have been one of the best days ever to be a Somerset fan at the county ground. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, 90 or 36 bulbs, you know, it, it reminded me actually of um, Josh Butler going, I think it almost, almost identical innings 11 years ago against Glamorgan. Yeah, it was almost the same, 90 off that that sort of number of balls. Um, and yeah, I think, and Anthony asked him in the interview, it's the best he's batting in T20 cricket. And I mean, it, it undoubtedly is. His high score before was about 40. And hopefully, you know, he's hopefully now he can sort of return to championship for return to the championship and find some form in that in a few weeks' time. But I think it's, it's just the relief really to see that he's enjoying himself again and that he's scoring runs again because you know we've all missed that uh, this season. But yeah, I mean, also it was great to beat Gloucestershire and, it and was, eliminate them at the same time. Oh, uh, yes. exactly, exactly. It's always satisfying, and you know we bowled really well. And Cobain, as he always does, score runs against us. But um, no, again, Overton and Brooks again in the power play. You know, we've been so good at taking mm. wickets in the power play this season in T20 cricket. Uh, and Ben Green was quite impressive again as well. So, yeah, a, a great day in, in the sun and uh, good to show what we can do on the Sky cameras as well. Yeah, so just, just to remind you of the two results then. So, uh, uh, at Cardiff on oh, no, what was that that was Friday night wasn't it uh, we batted first made 181 for 5 Devon Conway uh, 17 out of 52 um, I did try and listen to the BBC Radio commentary of that one I listened to BBC Radio Wales for about 10 minutes until I suddenly realised that BBC Radio Somerset were doing a separate commentary and I had to go for that and you weren't guesting for our friends over the Seven Bridge Anthony so um, yeah. but they were they were very scathing of Conway weren't they they say that oh, hmm. he's, he hasn't got enough he's he hasn't scored quickly enough but uh, what, the Welsh game, boys. they were yeah no, that was confusing I thought he faced it really well you know, it wasn't. It was a very slow pitch. Run scoring was not was not easy, and and he set himself out to anchor the innings. And I think he did it brilliantly. You know, he was the he was the linchpin. That was the word I used on word on word on commentary. And you know, the other the others battered around him, and and um, he's he's such a calm, considered, thoughtful cricketer, Devin Devin Conway. He's ideal for that sort of situation. He, he weighed up the pitch. He knew what they needed to do. He knew what the resources they had. He knew what sort of target was that they had in mind, and he made sure it happened. I thought it was a really well judged innings. I think we once you see him, you realise that he's not a Chris Gale or a Jason no, Roy, no, 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 no. a type player. He he will be consistent. He will that seventy or fifty two really just sums up the way that he plays. He can he can go, but if the pitch like Santi, if the pitch is a, is a slow one. If it's not coming on, he's not going to get himself out. 
playing a risky shot. He's very, very good at judging what is uh, what is a good score on any particular surface on any given day, which is why he inevitably was out fourth ball having a massive windy woof at, uh, was it David Payne on Sunday? But uh, <laughs> you're allowed to fail every now and again. Uh, it was also, you, Anthony and Mark were saying on commentary that there was no scoring shots going down the ground mm. with those sort of relatively, sh- for Cardiff, relatively short straight boundaries. And and Conway seemed to me to work that out from ball one or two. Uh, and that's that's just, uh, it, it is, as you say, and he, do- he doesn't put bums on seats in the way that a Lamanby or a Banton knock like that can. But I, I, he does it to me all the time. I look up at the scoreboard in the Championship and the white ball, and he's suddenly got 40. And you're like, where the heck did he get 40 from? And I think that's a, that's a sign of a really, really good player. He was just the, he was just the batsman we needed. He really was. He was just perfect to draw that, you know, sometimes slightly dysfunctional <laughs> batting lineup together. Have you heard anything? Is there any moves being made to get him back later in the summer? I haven't asked. No, I haven't asked anyone. But I will do when I'm when I'm down there. I'll, I'll, I'll find out. But I should imagine there. Are. I just don't know. I, I don't think there are any other. What, when's the uh, T20 World Cup? When does that start? That doesn't presumably start. October. Yes, yeah, sort of, of October. Yeah. But they might have New Zealand might have practice matches or things yeah. like that in September. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I find out. It'd be wonderful if he if he could be back. They would, wouldn't it? We could certainly get him for hopefully the first two of those that block of championship games, if not three. Well, maybe the quarter final of the T20s and maybe finals day as well. I mean, when's finals day is? Um, I mean, it's after the 18th, third championship 18th game. So. of September's finals day. Yeah, mm. maybe if if yeah, nice to have him for the for everything. Which makes can, sense, but. doesn't it, to have your quarterfinals a month after your group stage and then your finals day a month after your quarterfinals mm. good old yeah. ECB there's a, there's a reason just, why they've just done adds the that lovely that flow account. of the season yeah it does seem particularly odd but uh, for those of you who are interested in the 100 the I can't read this the, the, the you've got to look at the left of the screen I and then the right stupid. of the screen the, the scoreboard on the 100 it's so the Manchester Originals got 75 and the Oval Invincibles have got 6. No. The Oval Invin- Ah, right. They've bowled 60 and they've got 75. And, and they're 2 This is, out. everyone, this is explaining those who don't 75 for 2 off 10 sim- in old money. Simpler way <laughs> to yeah. a new audience. <laughs> but that, oh. going back to what Anthony was saying and you doing that, it just makes me think perceptions of what is a good score and what is achievable are changing you know there was a lot on both games people are piling in early on facebook of with comments about you know oh this is terrible we're so blowing it and all piling of that. in on social media but but Don't the point you. is you know and, and it even i think it even surprised mark on friday night how quickly you can turn that score round you know and the, the sky graphic on sunday evening was saying you know the usual the current rate six eight ten and we ended up way off the top of the chart because lemon beyond his own was going at about 15 and over for the last five overs you know it just it, those perceptions and i 
I've constantly done this since I was brought up on, you know, John Player League was like 4.6 and over and Gillette Cup was about three and a half, four and over back in the day. And and you just can't do that. You just because these players, if, you know, Abel did it last year against Middlesex, Banton does it all the time. You can just transform an innings in three or four overs, can't you? Mm, yeah. Absolutely. So then we finished second in group, or the South Group uh, with 18 points. Uh, Kemp finished top with 19. Joining us in the quarterfinals, Sussex and Hampshire from the South Group. And then the top four in the North Group were Notts, Yorks, uh, Lancashire and the Birmingham Bears, respectively. We will play Lancashire on the 26th of August. Um, that is during uh, the Headingley Test. So one assumes that Joss Butler et al. will be, uh, will be unavailable. Do you think we're good enough to make it to finals day this year? Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting yeah. one. I do. Mm. I, I think Lancashire are not are a bit volatile, um, more volatile than us. Alex, and Davis, Alex Davis is le- leaving them as well, isn't he? Yes, John Stimson apparently is going there. Is going back to Lancashire next season. Yeah, uh, I was I was really happy with the draw that came out. <laughs> um, everyone wants to avoid knots, understandably, but I. You know what you said about the gap. If the quarterfinals were this week, you'd actually fancy Hampshire to beat Knots the run Hampshire have been on because hmm. they came. You know, they won a double header. Was it thirteen overs run chase to get yeah, through? Yeah, which is which is phenomenal. You know, um, but yeah, I'm in simple answer. Yes, I think we will. I'm just going to go do Charlie now. Oh, okay, lucky Charlie. <laughs> Obviously, the sorry. I'm just saying that Anthony has, has just popped off to uh, do the uh, BBC Radio Somerset Cricket Show with Charlie Taylor, so we'll uh, we'll give him uh, five minutes to come back. Well, in the meantime, what should we have a chat about? Um, Let's talk about yesterday. Yeah, I'm not particularly worried. Um, no, I, I, I dipped in and out of it during the day. I wasn't particularly interested I did like how uh, young George Thomas batted I thought he looked mm. he looked absolutely brilliant um, and when I found out he was set was he 17 it's yeah well, I don't know what they're feeding him at whichever one of the several dozen public schools around Taunton that he goes to but he's uh, he's a big old boy um, so if yeah if you weren't aware we uh, we uh, lost to Cornwall yesterday nowhere near the first team being put out not even anywhere near the strongest Royal London team we could put out. There was no Davis, no Hildreth, uh, no Davy, no, yeah, no Jack Brooks as well. So and uh, Eddie Byram had a few overs as well. So that probably gives you an indication of sort of how. Where was Goldsworthy? Oh, Goldsworthy. That's very odd. Goldsworthy. Mm. Well, yeah, Lewis Goldsworthy did. Uh, well, he's second top score with us. Uh, with oh yeah yeah yeah. I'm just referring to bowling. It's very odd that he didn't didn't get he... a bowl. Oh, did he not get a bowl? No, no. Oh, I, no, I wonder if that injury because he had an injury in one of the champion. I think it's the Leicester game that they were protecting him a little bit, and I wonder if he's still because he bowled at the Oval. But I wonder if he's still not hundred percent to bowl. Well, and he bowled in the two. He, he bowled against Glamorgan and Gloucestershire, and he bowled really well against Glamorgan. Mm-hmm. He got three yeah, wickets. Yeah, true. But yeah, it was a weird one. I was surprised. I can believe. Honestly, I was. I, I went to see. I saw the end of the first innings, the start of the second, and all of the second innings at the ground and the. Yeah, I can believe it. And Eddie, Eddie came up to bowl like fifth bowler. Was he the fifth bowler's come on? Maybe the sixth. Yeah, sixth bowler. He come was on. the sixth bowler. Thankfully, yeah. he came on after Jack Leach, which would have been 
sacrilege. <laughs> that, would, that would have been interesting. They'd been marching on the committee room with pitchforks if Eddie Byron bowls ahead of Jack Leach. Um, so just to refresh you for that game then, uh, someone said about it first, 260 all out. Uh, top score was uh, young George Thomas on his uh, Somerset senior debut of 68. Lewis Goldsworthy made 59, Ben Green 32, and then not much from anybody else. And then uh, Cornwall winning by five wickets with uh, 3.4 overs to spare. Harvey, not out 93. Not sure of your first name, Mr. Harvey. Uh, for the bowler, uh, for Somerset bowlers, uh, Sonny Baker, one for 57 off 10. Oh, Ned Leonard, done for 39 off 7. Casey Aldridge, two for 54 off 8. Ben Green, uh, one for 44 off 8. Jack Leach, one for 33 off 10, by far the... Uh, the best of the bowlers, and then nice guy Eddie, three overs, no maidens, twenty-seven with. Do you catch any of that, Steve? No, I didn't. I w- I had a really hectic day at work, so I was just getting score updates coming through and whatever. And then my watch pinged to tell me that Cornwall had won, and I, because I hadn't been following it closely, I sort of thought when they lost a couple of wickets, oh here we go, we'll we'll claw it back now, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I think from what I saw, we didn't bowl particularly well and, and gave away a lot of wides. Sorry, 100, yeah. 100 update, Steve. On the scorecards, they crossed the batsmen's out, or batters, sorry, batters' name out with a pink line if they're out. All right. I noticed that. I thought it was a bit unnecessary, but, you know. It's a bit like cares. you're a hitman <laughs> going through your list of contracts. For yeah, it is a weird thing to do. I don't really see why... I mean, yes, maybe it's clearer for a new audience. I don't know, but surely the fact that says four X bold yeah. X implies uh, they're out, and the others are not out. So it's like, yeah. but I don't know. Who knows? We're not the audience, Dan. We're not the audience. No, exactly, exactly. It's interesting. Can I just you say? When Sorry, we can we go back to talking to us about some problems? When we <laughs> agreed to do this, your suggestion was let's do it when the first hundred record it when the first hundred games on as one in the eye to a hundred, and now you're sitting watching the hundred. When we're talking about the important game against Cornwall. <laughs> oh, something's happened. Somebody's screaming. Oh, there's been a catch. I think Liz Lee's out, which is quite a big wicket. Sorry, somebody, can somebody please revoke? <laughs> oh, list, our, listeners, our listenership is, is going off a cliff yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so what did we learn from yesterday? I think we learned that we need Brooks and Davy for the other young seamers to bowl around. Yeah. yeah. And we need Hildreth and Davies for the young batters to <laughs> yeah. bowl around, but to bat around. My my concerns are I'd just like to see Ben Green's role clarified because I think that's something he's suffering from. Mm-hmm. And exclusive. Uh, I've interviewed Ben Green for the blog Ooh. this morning. Oh, so that'll be coming out tomorrow. Um, he was very very diplomatic about what his role is going to be in the side and what his preferred role is going to be. You'll have to to read that. Well, I think it was really interesting because he said, I asked him what the team's going to be. Could he tell me? Obviously, he said no. I said, but do you know? And his comment was, subject to one or two niggles, we know the team we'd like to start with on Sunday. Okay. And he then went on to say, and it's a really exciting mix of youth and experience. I think we so, all think it's going to be that. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 somebody said on the questions, didn't they, about the team? And I think it's really, really difficult to pick mm. a side. Um, you know, because you just don't. Sam Young was a name he mentioned, 
so I think he's probably going to get a look in. But you've got you need Byram and Bartlett to to start doing something. Yeah. You know, but you're you're top, jumping ahead. Your top six. You've got Davis, Byram, Bartlett, Hildreth, Goldsworthy, Green. If you did that for your top six, and yeah. then threw in a, a Young or a Thomas or a Rue or a Baird. Yeah. That's that's a pretty strong top seven, isn't it? And then you've got the bowlers. You know, we Brooks, Davy, Leach, and probably Casey. I would guess would be. Yeah, front of that queue. Um, but I, See, I, I did did pass on old Ned Leonard to him for you, Ian. All right, I'll oh, thank you very much. If they start yeah. shouting around, shouting that around the outfield on Sunday, yeah, mind you, it's the beer and cider festival, so uh, a few uh, a few in me, and I might be up on the stand. I'll be next to tractor. I might try and get it going viral. Uh, in all in all, <laughs> honesty, I'm struggling to get up on Sunday. It's uh, it's my wife's birthday weekend, and despite my best efforts, a, a carvery during the lunch interval doesn't uh, is not quite her really? idea. Yeah, it's not her oh. idea of, of, a, of a of a of a romantic meal, unfortunately. But the the time, working, working the working there. title for the next three or four weeks on the blog is "Stuff the Hundred Support <laughs> Somerset in the Royal London One Day Cup." Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what the sort of there's a group a little folder there where stuff's going in on my on Dropbox for me now. So yeah, please there's a there's a place on the forum for people to go and say something because I really really passionately believe that we've got to get to as many games as possible. I'm trying to work out how I can get to the Yorkshire game logistically, mm-hmm. and now that Peter Trigo's captaining knots, I'm desperate to get over to Welbeck for that game as well. Yeah, I'd just take your point with the bowlers. Um, I thought they just they all look a bit raw, don't they? It's all real. I was yeah. seeing these second eleven highlight reels of Sonny Baker bowling these uh, big booming in swinging Yorkers, but <laughs> it needs to be that consistency. And I felt that was pretty pretty lacking from all those guys yesterday. Um, everybody apart from Leach really had a had a poorish game with the ball. So, um, but it is our pretty much our third eleven. It is a work in progress. Um, and they they bowled good balls. There were some very good deliveries in there. You know, there are you know, there's they've got encouraging attributes. And also, we were not helped by dropping. I think it was six catches. Really, um, we dropped six catches. Possibly including yeah, possibly including that Harvey who scored ninety three. Um, and some of them were relatively easy as well. None of them were total dollies. One or two were quite difficult, but most of them were pretty. You know, you would expect them to take it. I mean, Baird dropped one keeping. He sort of stuck his right hand up and shelled it. You know, it wasn't the best technique. But apart from that, though, I have to say, Baird did keep well. And, you know, as we know, Baker was bowling a few wides. and But Baird did manage to gather um, quite a few of them well, which is uh, encouraging. Um, but, yeah, I mean, goals only dropped a couple. And there was a couple dropped at slip. I think Leach dropped one at slip. I think Olders dropped the other. Um, so that's, you know, that's hopefully just a... Uh, an anomaly and hopefully uh, we our catching will be back to normal um, for the actual tournament yeah. it um, must be quite funny Dan when you've, if, if you take a Baker or even an Aldridge you've had all these big personalities around the ground you know so you've been, you say you went up to Cardiff with the squad and you've come back and been around everything on Sunday and then suddenly you've come in on Monday, Tuesday morning and there's no Craig Mm. Um, Tom Abel's rehabbing. Although 
again, Tom Abel apparently was summoned to the Birmingham Monster Munches or whatever just to be around them and carry on his rehab. Oh, that's so he's, nice. he, That's consistent. He's now it? with them. Uh, but it, it must be, you know, I, I said to uh, Ben this morning, is it a bit like at school when the sixth formers have done their A-levels and they've gone and all of a sudden the lower sixth are like <laughs> the top of the school? And he went, yeah, it's a bit, it is a bit like mm. that, actually. And it must be, you know, you must, can you imagine going into a dressing room and not having Roloff and Craig in there when you've been used to it? It must be quite quite surreal so i think i think there's got to be a little bit of adjustment and for them to all find their own places especially around hill you know dan you imagine you going into a dressing room and sitting next to hildreth having not played it's it's really intimidating isn't it it's got to mm. be but oh yeah I, I still i still am really optimistic really optimistic for this competition yeah i think also bearing in mind that we're the defending champions i think we desperately want to win this trophy again so I'm I'm slightly against not necessarily blooding the youngsters but blooding them um, en masse if you like so we can sneak yeah. in one or two but to fill the bo- yeah. to have a bowling attack of Leonard Aldridge and, and Baker would be it'd be foolhardy I think that's the spirit of this tournament the, you know it. there's been a bit of almost miscommunication around this tournament because it all started with the development competition um, terminology that got used and I realised yesterday that, that the development competition was originally said by Gordon Hollins when he was managing director of county cricket that's where really? it came from oh, and he's yeah. now the yeah now the Somerset CEO that's where the term came from he was the managing director and he was obviously being talked you know being talked to about you know the impacts of the 100 on the 50 over cup and that was sort of the phrase he used but and while it will be obviously there'll be a lot more youngsters it it's not going to be... T- counties are still going to be picking as competitive teams as possible. They aren't going to be leaving out senior players, I don't think, um, to play more youngsters. You know, it's just going to naturally be a slightly lower... You know, there'll be slightly less senior players around, so naturally a few youngsters will play. But I don't think counties are going to go out their way to pick loads and loads of youngsters. And, if you know, I've been trying to research, you know, who who's available for which county. You know, quite a lot of counties do have pretty strong teams um, still available particularly Essex they, they've got Cook they've got Wesley they've got Tender Scarter uh, they've got Harmer you know they, they've not been hit by 100 at all and there's quite a few other counties a bit like that conspiracy North Dan, it's another one. conspiracy it's another anti-Somerset <laughs> pro-Essex conspiracy uh, must what, be. what you have to remember Dan is that Essex will be saving their players for their tilt at Division 2 mm. come <laughs> September sorry what, yes. what division was that Steve Division 1 plus 1 Division yeah. to Division Two, yeah. So they're not, not gonna, they're not going to be in Division One, which means they're not going to be defending the county championship or the Bob Willis Trophy Bob this Willis season. Tro- yeah. So yeah. The, the the trophy cabinet at Chelmsford will be bereft of Unless first class silverware. Unless they win the Royal London one day. Yeah. I was going to say bereft of first class silverware. Oh, come just October. just on that, where well, you reminded me. Look at the six, the eight quarter finalists, and it's the six teams that have made Division One, plus the Hot Bashers. And uh, who's the other one? Sussex and Kent yeah. plus the six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, just to finish with what I was saying, and not and not to be pessimistic, but I don't think we're going to win this tournament simply because we have been too hit by the hundred. You know, our team has got a lot of talented youngsters in there, and I can't wait to see them play. We've got some good, experienced players um, with them. 
But I think we've just been too hit by 100 call-ups. And I think teams like Essex and, and teams like North Hans and maybe even... Uh, who else was there? That's Gloucestershire are quite, quite strong, aren't they, still? Yeah, I think so. I think Gloucester might have lost a, a couple recently, though. Um, yeah, we've got a lot not, away. Yeah. This is the full list. We've got a lot. It's horrible. Yeah, uh, so, uh, the best player in the world is off to London Spirit. Max is off to Southern Brave. Marchant has been kidnapped by the um, the Trent or they rockets or skiddles yeah, or whatever so for a couple of games. The, yeah, first first part. Yeah, so he'd be a handful, wouldn't he? Bowling against some second eleven kids, you fancy? I, I actually think I actually think Dan that the teams that haven't been so hard hit might rotate a bit more and play a few more of the youngsters. But yeah, that it's an indication of that from Derbyshire on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Depends how seriously they want to take it. But they might see it as actually, you know, this is a really good chance to win a competition, and we're going to go all yeah. out for it. You know, yeah. I think you know another team, Worcestershire as well. They they've not been hit too hard, and they've got a reasonably strong team. Um, Finish my list. Get sorry, go for it. <laughs> uh, who are March and Delanger? Uh, first couple of games of at Trent Rockets. Devon Conway is off to the Southern Brave. Uh, Lewis Gregory Big Lewis is up at Trent Rockets. Tom Abel. At the Birmingham Phoenix, Craig Overton at the Southern Brave, Tom Banton at the Welsh Fire, Tom Lamanby is with the Manchester uh, Unoriginals, and Will Smead, who's another one who's going to get splinters on his backside at the Birmingham Phoenix. That makes a grand total of 10 10 double figures Somerset players yeah. being stolen away from the members, from the fans, from their teammates during a competition which we're trying to defend our trophy. Surely there should be a limit to the number of players that you can lose to this flipping competition. If only, but it's it's not it's not practical because the way the hundred works, it's a draft. You know, I think it's just the the you know the you know, players are you know I think players themselves will probably be disappointed. Oh damn it! I you know I can't be picked because I've had too many players from my own county already get picked. Uh, I don't think it works. It's going to work that way. I mean, I wish it would. I wish it would, but I just don't think that's how it's. I don't think that's where the ECB see it. The hundred is the absolute priority, and the players are going to want to play in it. They're going to want to have every chance to play in it. So, oh, there's only seven seconds left of the strategic timeout. I, I missed the strategic timeout, guys. Sorry, I was too busy talking about real proper cricket to notice that the uh, the Oval Invincibles are taking their strategic two minute timeout. Now, mm. we all know why that's why that is is because they can show an advert. So I just wonder what the BBC, uh, <laughs> what the BBC do for that two minutes. They advertise their own. God forbid probably. you've got to listen to um, Phil Tufnell and Michael Vaughan for for two minutes. At the start of the coverage tonight, Phil Tufnell gave out the most pre-prepared, well-rehearsed <laughs> speech in support of the hundred you've ever seen in your entire life. It you could tell he'd been rehearsing that five or six times at least before he was let loose on live television to read it out it look it up on the iPlayer it is just straight out of the ECB bullshit manual of why we should all watch 100 <laughs> I came in the ground today I saw so many people some of them said they'd come up to me for the first time and said Phil this is the first time I've ever been to a cricket match mm, that definitely happens yeah, I'm looking forward apologies for the terrible Phil Tufter impersonation I thought that was your Michael Vaughan impression. No, I won't ever do an impression of Michael Vaughan. <laughs> so with 13 balls left, 111. I wonder, are they going to tell the, uh, the the new diverse audience what Nelson means? How many is that per over? Oh, no, sorry, uh, can't do that. 88, so that's... 
don't know. So I'm getting I'm getting a neck injury looking around all the different parts of the screen to try and work out. What and Dan and I are getting bored. Oh <laughs> uh, well, you're just not part of the new diverse audience, Steve, not, are you? No, and I am very proud not to be, Mr. Shepherd. Thank Me you too. very much. Me too. Right then, should we get our selectorial hats on for the Raw London One Day Cup, then, fellas? Yeah, well, I've done mine. I cheated and did mine a minute ago. I did mine a minute ago as well. While uh, you all thought I was watching the hundred, Dan, have you done yours? Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm pretty settled on mine. Yeah, go, Do on, go for it. Go on, then, Dan. You go first. Um, so I think my top five or six is the same as Steve, really. Byram Davis, Bartlett Hildreth. Goals over Young, although I do hesitate. I'm not sure about Young at six. I don't know if that's the right position for him. I don't know enough about him as a batter. Um, and then Green at seven. And then Davy Aldridge, Leach and Brooks as the bottom four. Obviously, we'll lose Leach a couple of game- after a couple of games. Um, so probably at that point, you'd bring in Leonard. He'd probably be the next, off the, off, next cab off the rank. Unless we do sign a temporary spinner. That's what other counties are making, sort of temporary signings. You never know, we might get someone in. Um, George Drissel was a player playing for the seconds, wasn't he, earlier this season? But, um, Did you say mm-hmm. George Dockrell? No, George Drissel. Oh, Drissel. I say get George Dockrell oh, back. I, He'd be useful I, yeah, for the role. He's available. Yeah. He's a yeah. batsman now, guys. He's well, yeah, batting three or four in the Irish Premier League or whatever it is. Oh. He is. And yeah. scoring runs. Yeah. The depth of knowledge on this podcast oh, is astonishing, eh? Go on then, Steve. Who, who's, uh, who's made selection for your 11? Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to totally agree with Dan other than I've got a sneaking feeling that there might be a Rue or a Baird as a batsman in that lower end of the middle order so I'd back Green at six and then one of Rude Bear Rue Baird or even Thomas at seven yeah so I've gone pretty much the same I've gone uh, Byron Davis Bartlett Hildy Goldsworthy, I've gone Thomas at six. I'm sticking him in at six because I don't okay. see what the point of having these games are if you perform in them and you don't get selected for what was a pretty damn good performance mm. on debut. So I'm, I'm okay, fair sticking enough. him in at six. Uh, ben Green at seven. Then I've got a rotating junior fast bowler slot. Uh, Casey Aldridge is the first one to take that one. Right. But this is on the basis that I'm not going to play more than two of them at once. So Casey's getting the first crack at that. Uh, and then Leach Davy Brooks. Yep. Slash Delanger. I'm going to play rotate Brooks and then Brooks Delanger. And, and we Davey just hope that Davy's toe, fractured toe, is recovered sufficiently. A couple so. of weeks on now, so it should be okay. Yeah, touch wood. I, mean, I completely understand. The newly that. capped Josh Davy. The newly capped. Well, wasn't it a new cap he got, though, was it? It was. Uh, Max had a brand new one given to him by Tom A. If you look at the pictures mm. on the website, it was. It wasn't a brand new one. I mean, this could this right. this could tie in nicely to one of Anthony's perennial questions on the radio. We're just talking about one of your favourite topics, Anthony: the colour of the Somerset players' caps. Yeah, well, there you are. So, what is the explanation? Well, Josh Davy was only capped the other day. So his cap that he's been wearing throughout his first class career cannot have been a county cap. When Casey Aldridge comes on as or came on as sub in the Hampshire game, he was wearing one of the just the baseball caps that you get in the shop. So is there a No, there is sorry Ian, there is a second uh, kit nerd here. There is a second eleven cap. Mm. It is that blue but with the, the pinky fuchsia crimson y dragon. 
on the front of it. That's the second 11 cap. Well, Max, Max Waller got his cap on Sunday night. Yes. Uh, and he first played for Somerset in, in 2009. Uh, Mark Davis has never played 71 first-class matches for Somerset, has never got his county cap. So Somerset are stingy when it comes to giving out caps, but that doesn't actually explain why the the cap is navy blue when you would expect well, it to be maroon. I mean, let me have a go, because I've been thinking about this, Anthony. Back in the 70s, the Somerset jersey was white with a blue dragon on the middle of the chest. Yeah. And it was only... So if you look at a picture, if you can find a colour picture of, say, Brian Close when he became Somerset captain, that's what he was wearing. Yeah. And it was only in the Brian Rose era that we adopted the cable knits with the maroon and black stripes. How was it? At that time. But, you know, if you if you say to me, remember Roy Virgin batting or Brian Close batting, they batted in a blue cap, which matched the badge on the jumper. And that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. So the maroon is a sort of recent, relatively recent interloper that the county yeah. were yes. blue and white. Yeah. And of course, the Somerset flag is yellow, isn't it? Because we had that yellow T20 kit three or four years yeah. ago. Yeah. With a red. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then... Why didn't we change, when we changed to the maroon black trim, why didn't we change to a black cap or a maroon cap? That's The question is still very valid. Are the likes of Hildy's cap and, and Trez and Triggs when they were uh, in the sort of the, the later days of their playing careers, is it just that they started with a maroon cap and it's just faded through years no, and years no, of... No, no, it's a blue cap. Yeah, they're navy blue. Navy blue, but it, the, I mean the other side to it is the county tie is silver, black, and maroon, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I I will do some research. But some I think time. between the four of us, we can discover this. Uh, oh, we can we can we can solve this mystery. Well, somebody in the cricket museum, yeah, exactly. um, or Barry or Steve Hill probably would have an insight on that as well. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go away and do some research between us and see if we can come back with something. Notice, Anthony, I very carefully said dragon at every opportunity <laughs> there. Absolutely right. <laughs> Shall we do some listeners' questions? Mm. Yeah. Jordan Rawls has put a cheeky one in to start with. Suggestions on who we support in five years' time when the competition that won't be named has killed off our counties. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll probably just pay more attention to football and stick to Arsenal. No, so you'll be a London spirit man then. I like I like the idea of having a baseball team. I've got a I've got a baseball team from years ago, so I'll stick with the Red Sox, thank you. Mm. Well it'd probably it'd be Western Storm, won't it? Based Yes. Cardiff, uh, yeah. Bristol mm. and Tours. Yeah, no, anyway, we should stop being pessimistic. Our counties will still be there. Counties as we will vanquish oh, we will vanquish the hundred. The trouble with the hundred is there's there's no way that it's ever good for county cricket because if it if after this four year Frankenstein experiment of cricket they're exactly level on the balance sheet they won't just dust their hands and go oh well that was fun for four years let's let's ditch it if it's losing money that's money being taken out of county cricket and if it makes money they're going to think this is brilliant let's do more of it so whichever way it goes it's bad I think the only way. 
that it will stop as if nobody's watching it and nobody is going to nobody's watching it on the TV and nobody's going to the grounds. It looked like a pretty decent crowd at the Oval tonight. I'm not sure how many of those have given away free. I'm going to yeah, wait a lot. Of them give away. a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like right. uh, the last. Oh, I oh, there's one ball left. There's one ball left. They're on 133. It's Tash Farron, and she's smashed that over mid wicket. Oh no, she hasn't. Oh, it's dribbled out for two. There we go, 135 in the first ever innings of the 100. Steve has given me the most withering of looks down the lens. <laughs> the trouble is, if it doesn't succeed, we're going to get counties going bust anyway. Mm. Yeah. 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 What's it, about 1.3 million? Yes, per, per county. Yeah, per county count. hole in the revenue, yeah. Yeah. Leicestershire and Northampton, Derbyshire and so on. You know, Leicestershire. Lost issues, you know, they're not exactly. Kent, Kent are very vulnerable, I hear, as well. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah, it is. Uh, all joking aside, it is. Uh, it's a very. Um, it's on a knife edge for a few counties, isn't it? Yeah. And the thing is, there would always be a need to play domestic four day cricket. It's just what format's in, I suppose, isn't it? And whether it'll be sort of less counties maybe one day, whether it'll just be, you know, eight teams that are equivalent to the 100 teams. You know, it's it's. I think it's really hard to tell. I think that's um, the most likely scenario. Yeah, I think we, I think there will be fewer teams, um, but they may be, as as Dan was saying, may, you know, pro probably the same team will be playing three three different formats. I, I'm not sure they'll do that. I think they'll keep the hundred teams separate because that's the model of other countries, like the Big Bash. You know, the states and the Big Bash teams are sort of similar, but yeah, you know, they are kept separate. I think. I can't see the 100 teams expanding to play other cricket, but I think they, 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 it could be that, like in women's cricket now, there's the 800 teams in the eight regions and they're sort of equivalent. It might be 800 teams in eight men's regions eventually. You know, that's worst case scenario, I think. But um, I think, uh, yeah, I think they I think they like to keep the, the, the short form separate to the main cricket because it's sort of, you can the players can trade easier and that sort of thing. You know, it's, there's various reasons, I think. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Moving on then, uh, Chris Payne asks, which of the young players have played their way in or out of the Royal London Cup side? I think we've had a good little chat about that. And, um, give have you found, a, found an off-spinning all-rounder to bat at number seven? Um, I spoke to Joe. The young lad up at Yorkshire, I think, is quite promising. Two. <laughs> Get Bess and Ruth He's down. in the test team there. In the test team. Yeah. yeah. Well, they both are. This is a very good question from Chris Linton. If we had a southwest. He's put World Cup, but with Devon, Somerset, <clears throat> Cornwall, and that lot from Bristol, with players uh, only allowed to represent their county of birth, who would win? I know Oof. this is a, this is a. And just so you know, uh, Chet, that's that is Mr. Sky at Night, Chris Linton. Yes, he's got with a blue tick. He's one of our yes, our very few blue tick followers. Yes. Astronomer, zookeeper, and journalist. So we shall we, we shall give this question yeah. our. Our utmost attention then. So presumably then we can record the likes of Don Bess and Jamie Overton to the Devon team because he doesn't specify. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, you'd, you'd have a very strong Devon side, wouldn't you? Yeah. Got to be Devon. Yeah. And Devon get Jake Libby by pace of, but I know he's raised yeah. in Cornwall, but he was born yeah. in Plymouth. Well, he was, he's a Cornish boy, but he was you're quite right. He was born in Plymouth in Derryford Hospital. Yeah. yeah, so if we're going by literal birthplace, you get Jake Libby too. And I was looking at this question earlier, and Somerset really struggled. We've got Tom Abel, Peter Trigo, uh, 
Jack Leach and uh, Lewis Reese from Derbyshire. He was born yeah. in Taunton. That, that's was. the four, I think. I, I don't think there's anyone else, really. I think Devon have got a good nine or ten Well, players. Lewis Gregory. Lewis yeah. Gregory's a Devonian. Gregory, he's Gregory, yeah. Ben Green, Tom Lambie. Yeah. And, and Chris asked that question because, of course, he's from Devon. So, <laughs> well done, Chris. We, I did see that coming, but well done anyway. Just looking through the... And we can also have Devon Conway as well. Cornwall could have Raheem Cornwall. We get both Overtons. Ollie Sale, where's Ollie Sale from? I think to make it fairer... He's born in Newcastle under Lyme. Oh, I think to make it fairer, we'll have a North Devon and a South Devon in that competition, (laughs) just to give everyone else a chance. Well, I think it's only the Overtons from North Devon, the rest of them will be South. I tell you what, two Overtons on their (laughs) own would take anyone else on anyway. With Mark coaching them... Yeah, I was going to say the old man come in as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah, the, the answer to that one, Chris, is uh, is Devon, which is uh, mighty pleasing to myself and Anthony. Uh, from Mike, what's your honest assessment of our chances in the Royal London One Day Cup? If our less senior players are strong enough against counties not ravaged by another event, in quotes. Uh, yeah, I think we've covered that. There are counties which are far less affected by the hundred than us. We're losing ten players to it, which is uh, nine. 10 because we lose Marchant for the first couple of games to cover for somebody, Dan. Who is it? Yeah, we'll have Riaz at Trent Rockets. Yeah, so that that take well, 9.2 then, I suppose you could say. No, is... I think it is 9, isn't it? I think it's I think it's 9 including Marchant. Because oh, yeah. it was originally oh, 7 and now it's Smead and Delang are added. I've got, I've got a spreadsheet, Dan. Do these on your fingers. Roll off. I'm counting Devon Conway as well. Oh no no! You yeah. can't. Oh, he wouldn't. He wasn't signed anyway for that. Oh, though. Okay, no. right. you can't count Devon. <laughs> no, is it player? What, what bloody shirt was he wearing on Sunday, Anthony? He, he wouldn't be, he would be playing for us in the fifty over, would he? Well, he might do. As His contract did. ran until the June, July the twentieth. No, so technically, he's not a Somerset player anymore. Because of the hundred. Anyway, well, yeah, on. no, 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 but he wasn't signed for he, he signed for 100 after he joined Somerset. Oh, you can so. prove anything with facts, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> can I just say, guys, just going back, uh, Lizzie Ammon on Twitter has just asked people if you're in the ground or watching on the telly, be interested in your thoughts. And one of our loyal listeners, Ralph Hesp, has replied, and you'll like this, Ian, for a simplified version, it's complicated. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that well done, Ralph? That's fantastic. I like that. Yeah, it's uh, sorry. I couldn't, sorry agree, I couldn't agree more with that. I'm all for the Rasmus but it just, oh, just some, just let me seem a little bit off. Is it like, you know, when you come home and your other half is like she's maybe like hidden your birthday present? <laughs> it's like in a drawer. She's had to put it in a or something like that, where you can just tell something's off with some with someone. It's it's just like that. Something's. It's like this is sort of cricket, but it's not quite right. It's just, it's just, it will just take getting used to. It's new at the moment, and I think no, there's I a few. I don't plan on getting used to it, Dan, because I won't be watching it. But you well, that's true. Together. Yeah, but mine was a morbid curiosity, like driving past a road accident. You can't, you can't not look, can you? <laughs> Andy Cleaver's asked, how do you see us lining up for Sunday's opener? Um, we've already covered that with our teams. I think we're all fairly of the... the... you got number seven, then? 
Uh, well, I've got Ben Green at seven, and I'm giving that kid Thomas a go at six after oh. he, got, he got runs against. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he got. He, he, uh, he bowls a bit as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. you said, yeah. Which it was is, medium I, pace, I apparently. Green, I'd put Green at six and have, have Thomas at seven. But, yeah. He obviously doesn't bowl as well as Eddie Byram because Eddie got to go ahead of him on, on Tuesday. So I do love watching Eddie's leg spin. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to get a wicket. Like, well, he he thought, did look like it a couple of times. I thought got, no, skewed up in the air. I don't know what Green was Why doing, are we cause... not surprised you thought that, Mr. Kingdom? It, genuinely, it, you know, a couple of, there were a couple of mistimed shots and they just didn't go to fielders. But it was just like, right, short leg side boundary, left hander on strike. Eddie, spin it into him, let's see what he can do. And you were sat pretty much square on, weren't you, Dan? Yeah. More or less. Yeah, you, oh, how did you not get a catch? I thought one was going to come straight down the throat. There was one that was near, although I don't think it was off Eddie, actually. I think there was one that came quite near me. Don't yeah. touch it, remember. It's got to be sanitised. No. Uh, another question from Andy. Would you like to see the minor counties, or national counties now, get more exposure either through having these regular national county matches each season or involving them in the Royal London Cup going forward? I think we had a good chat about this last week, didn't we, with the old NatWest Trophy and uh, and the big first-class counties going out to the Shires for, the, for a knockout competition. I think, I, yes, but the schedule is just so packed now. Yeah. I was thinking about this when, when I saw Andy's question. I think you'd almost have to do a preliminary competition like they're doing in the World Cup and have a couple of places in each of the groups for the qualifiers from that. That's the only way I think you could fit it in. So you'd have, you know, hopefully you'd have Devon and Cornwall would both make it and whoever, Staffordshire and Shropshire, whoever the other top counties are at the moment. Dead. So you'd have them playing in it. Because I think the straight knockout, thinking about it retrospectively, just wouldn't work. Are you, are you saying it? You know, a lot of counties will only get one day, one fifty over game in the season. Then, and that's just not that's not well, development, suppose, even by any any standards of the ECB. Could the could a national county be in an amateur affair though? Could they could they sustain going through a, a group stage for a month? Yeah, it's the unicorns used to the unicorns used uh, the to unicorns the whole slightly different. They, the, yeah but the unicorns were an amalgam of the very best of all the minor counties players weren't they, mm. they were, it wasn't the mm. you weren't they were Devon or Cornwall to yeah travelling around the country and they weren't really they weren't really competitive no true it's a nice one but I, I still think giving making sure it, all the national counties minor counties whatever you want to call them get a home draw in that first round that put the cat amongst mm. the pigeons a bit I don't think a few first class counties would like that and um, yeah give give them their day in the sun have have the the big boys come down to them for a tricky day's cricket I was thinking yesterday what if this was the first round of the Royal London and it was a knockout we'd be out mind you having said that again we wouldn't have played our yeah exactly our second string so Everything is swings and roundabouts. Lord well, pretty Lupin. good Glamorgan team lost to Wales. You know, so it'd be interesting, yeah. you know, if that was a real match, you know, that yeah, Glamorgan might have been yeah, the biggest a decent scout for the side, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lord Lupin, his lordship writes, Cornwall, a wake-up call, question mark. Not really, I don't think. Not it was, really. No, it was just, it wasn't off anywhere near the the strongest team we could have put out that day. I think we experimented a little bit. Eddie Byram had a bowl. Sorry to keep bringing it up there, but he did. Yeah, I thought it was, it was a bit worrying the the fact that the batsman didn't get you know top line batsman didn't get any runs. Hmm. 
Yeah, nobody apart yeah. from yes. Lewis, yeah, who you'd yeah, say is an established well. batsman, got any runs, did they? No. Eddie got 13, Sam Young 23, George Bartlett 18, uh, Ben Green did get 32, and then uh, then it was just the bowlers. So Should be doing a bit better than that, though, against mm -hmm. you know, a mm. pretty average corn Cornish attack. Next question, then. Where are we? I think we might be on the last one. Uh, Kevin Mitchell has got a couple. Has given us a couple of lineups. Which one would you rather see? Davis, Byron, Bartlett, Hildreth, Goldsworthy, Green, Aldridge, Davy, Delanger, Brooks, Leach, or Young, Byron, Goldsworthy, Bartlett, G. Thomas, Green, Rue, Aldridge, J. Thomas, Leonard, Baker. The former. Yeah. Yeah. Got to put out our strongest side. Take this seriously yeah. and Absolutely. try this. Yeah. Because that's the only way the youngsters develop. Because yeah. if every team had that attitude, it would just be another second level competition. So every county has to pick their best team. And then the youngsters who do play get a chance to actually learn something and they actually do get and, to and improve and play a higher standard. The, the thing we've been really successful at doing in the past is, you know, when we brought George Bartlett in, he was batting around Triscothic, Hildreth. Trigo was batting quite high in the order in the championship at that time. Apes was in there. So he was the new kid, and then when he became established, you know, Lamanby came into the side last year, but he was batting around established players. And that, the same with the bowling, as we said, if we've got your, your idea of the rotating seamer, Ian, it's going to be much, much better for Casey and co. to come on and bowl with Brooks having bowled with control or Josh Davy at the other end or whatever, than it is, you know basically the normal second 11 attack so it's got to be that pre and it might be that steve davis gets a rest and rue keeps mm -hmm. wicket at one or baird keeps wicket uh, for one steve, of the games we need steve davis he's we need him if we're going to be serious about trying to win this thing we need steve davis on the side mm. no i agree but i'm saying if, if he got a niggle or something mm -hmm. yeah you know, and you were then doing we're having that conversation toward the end of the competition what do you prioritise? Getting to the quarterfinal of the Royal London or Steve Davis being fit for game one of the Division One campaign? You know, that's what I'm thinking. You might you might get to that point, Anthony. You might, yeah. Uh, one from Mark. He says, isn't it true, as Steve Harmson said a couple of years ago, England hierarchy aren't interested in county cricket. If we can get reduced, uh, if, it, if it can get a reduced city-county championship, it will. And the only way to survive at county long form game be regional comp mixture of minor counties first class I should have quite proofed a dark that. dystopian I'm, future yeah, that, I should have proofed that I'm not sure that's a question or more of a more of a moan um, oh there's uh, what's this one oh that's you arguing with a fellow about Owen Morgan being a bit of a horrible man Dan <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't say horrible oh no I, I know just never really warmed to him have we no me and no. Dan were having a bit of a chat on Twitter about well, it, it started from what banter being stuck in the bubble. Um, yeah, and he made days. The, he, yeah, he said that he was all of them were going to play, and you know Banton didn't. And he, as you said, four years ago, Craig Evans in the same situation. They, uh, Morgan said oh, everyone will get a chance in this series, and everyone did except for Craig. Um, and there's just a couple of other comments Morgan said in the past, which you know, like, for example. Talking about the hundred slash a new domestic franchise competition, saying about oh, I, I basically saying oh, I think it's a good thing that we're annoying or pissing off existing fans, you know, stuff like that. He's sort of very, it seems a bit dismissive of the loyal 
cricket fans, you know, who the are Alex, effectively the, the Alex Hale situation as well as, as Oh yeah, a bit. And that he's one. been out the side for two years now. That's way over the top. He served his penance, and to not yeah. even make it into the third, the third eleven of English one day cricket is because there's there's no suspension then. I tell you who else was really badly treated. And that was David Payne from Gloucester. Yep. Yeah. Because you know he was called up for called up for the squad. They won the series two nil. And they they didn't give him a game in the third third game. I think that's that's you know, shabby treatment of mm-hmm. of you know decent decent cricketer. You know it's probably the only chance he'll ever have of playing international cricket. And you know I thought to, for him to be treated like that was poor, very poor. Yeah, you think especially going two 0 up. Yeah, get everybody a game. Thank you for coming up and joining the squad and leaving your counties and 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 all this and just making sure everybody gets a game. Certainly. But yeah. the general point about Alex Hales, I'm I'm missed. I mean, the guy's never got to play international cricket again now, is he? No. Nope. Well, it, while Morgan's captain, while Morgan is, if, if Morgan goes after the T Twenty or next year's T Twenty, maybe Hales will get a chance to return. I, and I hope he does. But, yeah. but Morgan wasn't captain because he was. In uh, self isolating or whatever because of COVID, so then who's pick, yeah. who's picking that team? Yeah. Is yeah, that Morgan still, still has pulling, the influence? Morgan still pulling the chains there, mm. no doubt about it. So Chris Silverwood's not then. Well, Chris, Morgan Chris, has Chris Silverwood it was rather left, than or whoever it was was left <clears throat> to pick a squad from domestic cricket. To and if Owen Morgan's got a personality clash with Alex Hales, that's all well and good. But if Owen Morgan's not going to be there. I know it all all's well that ends well, and we ended up winning it three nil. But how could you not have Alex Hales even in your in your backup squad because it might annoy a bloke that's not playing? Well, yeah, pretty much. So who, and who's Morgan, got it? Morgan's all about culture and team identity and stuff, and yeah. he does not want Hales anywhere near his team, even if he's not around the team at that time. Um, which is a shame, and I think it's really bad that Hales seems to have just been left in the dark over it as well. Like he's not. He he said a couple of times that he just doesn't really know what he needs to do, and there's been no communication. I think that's what's yeah. been said anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, it just feels very sad that there's no route back from no established roadmap for Alex Hales. So, mm. right, obviously, stop hoovering up bags of coke and getting absolutely drunk as a skunk and whatever he, else he was doing. Um, and I think he's done that now, and it just seems to be very strange that it, um, Morgan's basically holding a grudge against him. But hey, oh. Ours is not to reason why and all that. Just one last thing. A little bit of news coming out of the county ground this week about the new enhanced live stream with in-house commentary. I did listen to uh, whoever it was doing it on Tuesday for the Cornwall game. And I do have to say, Anthony, it does seem to be a very strange decision why they've made it. I know there's probably a commercial aspect to it with their... (laughs) with their partners you're not allowed to say sponsors anymore but i really think it's going to depreciate the quality of the live stream by not having two professional broadcasters doing it Mm. particularly one who comes and represents the visiting county well it's it's all it's all down to commercial realities you know they've they've got sponsorship from western provident western provident want, want their money's worth understandably enough and that you know that what that means is that the bbc is effectively out of the equation it's just it was it was always going to happen it's sad um but i console myself with the thought that it is possible to sink the bbc commentary 
with yep. the, from the live stream. Absolutely is. It absolutely, absolutely is. Encouraging people to do. But you're quite right. It it is. You know, it is so much uh, more interesting for listeners to to have the two points of view. Um, because with the best will in the world, two Somerset commentators ain't going to know much about Derbyshire. No. Whereas, you know, on Sunday I'll be working with whoever it is from, from Derbyshire and we'll be able to... And, and there's also a sort One. of quite a nice um, chemistry can develop. Yeah, so, you know, I was took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. One of the things I was most pleased about is that people who I really enjoy listening to and if Anthony's game, our game's finished and I go and listen to... You've got Jonathan Doidge at Yorkshire. Yeah. You've got Dave Bracegirl at Nottingham. You've got Scott Reid at Lancashire, all of whom I think are really, really good commentators. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was lucky enough to sit in the box and listen to Anthony and Jonathan at Headingley a couple of years ago. And I think that adds so much because Doidge will be able to tell you a lot about Don Best that we won't know. For As a simple example, and Brace will tell you about what Trigo's been doing. And it, it's, it's a... You know, and that's no disrespect to the, the guys who are doing the commentary, but you know, I still I still sync up Anthony and the live stream for the T twenties as well because I, I you know I liked I'm not just saying because the guys here with us every week, but I like listening to Anthony's commentary. It makes <laughs> me feel makes me feel that I'm there in in person as well as spirit. Now, Very I kind of say so, Steve, but, yeah. yeah, I'd wholeheartedly agree. I do think as well you. You get that chemistry, you get those relationships. When, uh, particularly when you you start off a commentary session with Kevin James, I was sort of trying to set my watch, trying to uh, trying to set my watch by how long it is before you start talking about where various players were born and, and whether Millfield counts as being a, a proper Somerset player or not. He's a, he's a, he's a lovely bloke, Kev. You know, and he sta he stands up for Hampshire, and I stand up for Somerset, and it makes you know, I think it makes for good broadcasting. It does absolutely, yeah. Yes, so, it's, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's the club do a lot right and I get I get they need to uh, to have their commercial partnerships but I think at the expense of the enjoyment of the live stream what I couldn't understand act, there I guys think. was why Ian Shepherd wasn't asked to do it first up That's <laughs> too busy too busy I tell, I tell you why Steve because I'd just go full on 12th man I'd start doing oh yeah Scotty and Bryce right off the middle of the bed i will go full on Tony Gregg 12th man so uh, yeah that's, that's probably why <laughs> Rightio. Um, should okay. we knock that on the other guys unless we've got any other business? No, no just a yeah. last plug for the blog tomorrow and the Ben Green interview, if I may. Oh, yeah. We shall uh, be retweeting that. I was going to put the TV on to see what's going on with the 100. Right. Time to stop recording then. Okay. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you later. Bye, Dan. Bye, Steve. Cheers. Ta-ra. <laughs>